TCU basketball routes Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. And TCU football has a five-star quarterback visiting next weekend. We'll talk about it all next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube. We're close to 500 followers, which would be a cool kind of benchmark to hit. Um, also, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And Josh Pate is a media personality for 247 Sports. He does podcasts. He does videos. And he has a saying that I really like where he says we talk winners first. Um, and, of course, TC basketball had a big win on Saturday against Kansas. Now, of course, TC football didn't lose anything over the weekend. Uh, it's not like they played. But uh, typically, I usually like wait until segment two or segment three to talk basketball. But we're going to talk about it first on a Monday morning because uh, what TCU did at Allen Fieldhouse is it just doesn't happen. Like teams don't go into Allen Fieldhouse and win often. TCU had never done it. They were 0-11 going into that game Saturday. And they certainly don't go into the fog and just blow people out. It's a really tough road environment. Fans are great. Fans are crazy. Team's always really good, obviously. And then, you know, you also have to fight against the refs. Like if we're being real about it, um, there's a lot of factors that make that a very tough place to play. And TC went in there and won that basketball game 83-60. to 60. And really, I mean, they led basically wire to wire. You know, um, it was kind of tight early, and then TC went on a crazy run about midway through the first half to take a, a lead that got up to 22 points, uh, led by 10 at halftime. Kansas made a couple pushes a few times, but overall, TC was in control of that basketball game. Could have put, like, the walk-ons in in the last couple minutes if they wanted to. I'm not usually somebody – like, I'm pretty – I'm always really careful not to say a game's over. Like I've I've watched too much sports to just proclaim like, oh yeah, that's ball game. But you know, with about three minutes left in the basketball game, I could just sort of tell Kansas is waving the white flag. Like Bill Self is not pushing the pace. He wasn't really pressuring much. They they just knew. They knew they got beat. And uh, a pretty amazing job by TC basketball, especially coming off such a ridiculous loss to West Virginia and West Virginia. I know, you know, the Ken Palm, um, the, like the analytics say that they're a much better team than their record shows. And the big 12 is by far the best basketball conference in the country. I can legitimately see, you know, five or 16 make the sweet 16, depending on how seating goes. Um, and West Virginia is not like a, a walkover team, but still they hadn't won a big 12 game. You go on the road, and really get beat pretty handily. I mean, aside from cutting that game to two with about five minutes left, it was never really that close. And uh, then you just turn around and go beat Kansas. And that's the thing that's, like, really frustrating about this team is they have been so inconsistent at times. But you see, like, people on Saturday were saying, like, this is legitimately a group that can make a deep run in the tournament. Like, they have the talent to do it. They have the ability to beat just about anybody in the country when they're on their game. And a couple of things stood out to me from that game. One was Shahade Wells just went off. He had 17 points um, on the day. He was seven of eight from the field, three of four from three. And he's a fascinating player. He transferred in from UTA a couple off seasons ago. And I remember it being a pretty big deal 
when he made the decision because he averaged 16 points a game at UTA. I mean, he was a really good player for them. Great scorer, was leading scorer on the team. And it felt like, okay, here's the guy that can come in. RJ Nimhart had just left, and it was like he can sort of, you know, take on some of that scoring load, help out Mike Miles. Well, then he gets hurt early on in the tournament game in November um, last year and didn't play anymore. And I honestly kind of forgot he was on the roster. And then this season he's, you know, he's gotten significant minutes, but he's only averaged about five points a game, really hadn't come into his own. But he just had his coming out party against Kansas. I mean, played a fantastic basketball game, shot the ball, lights out. And overall, TCU shot lights out, which is something they don't typically do. Um, you know, they are 53% from three, 54% from the field. If they do that, if they shoot over 50% from three, which I don't expect that to happen given their history, I think that was an outlier. But if they do that, they can beat just about anybody in the country. Um, I, I think there's a, you know, we'll see where they kind of s- sit in the AP top 25 this week. I saw Andy Katz. He does like his power rankings. It's not necessarily like, his, his rankings is just like the teams he thinks are the best, I guess. Um, and he had TCU at five, which is crazy to think about. If Shahade Wells, though, can become a scorer or a spot-up shooter at the very least, and that's a huge development for this team because, I mean, they need somebody else who can shoot the basketball. Chuck O'Bannon is really it as an outside threat. I mean, Mike Miles, he's more of a scorer, right? He's going to get his points. He's going to um, get three-pointers in rhythm off the bounce, but there's not – a lot of other guys that can step outside and hit that shot. So that would be uh, really something to watch if Wells can get going. Eddie Lampkin suffered a high ankle sprain, ended up playing, though, some in the second half, had eight points, brought a lot of energy like he always does. But we'll have to see what his health is like moving forward. Micah Peavy was out again um, in in that game against KU. Xavier Court came off the bench and gave the Frogs some nice minutes and and replace of – and in place of Eddie, though, had nine points in the day. Um, Damian Ball had 11. Mike Miles had 15. Mike was his usual efficient self, 5-11 from the field, 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. Really good game for him. Didn't force anything. Kind of took over about midway through the second half. Had a nice little run of his own where he hit some big shots. But overall, just sort of stayed within the rhythm of the game, which is what you want from your best player. But, man, just a huge win for this team. And you look at the schedule. So they play Oklahoma tomorrow at home. Um, and the Sooners are 2-4 and four in conference play, I believe. Then you get a break from conference play. You're at Mississippi State for the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And then West Virginia at home, Oklahoma State on the road, and then on the road against Kansas State. But that three-game stretch, OU, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State, I get it. The Big 12 is really tough, and it's hard to win these games. But if you could rip off three in a row and get to seven and three in conference, that would be a big deal. Um, I mean, we're we're halfway through the conference schedule basically, and they're sitting there around five hundred. If they could get a little separation going, that would be a big deal for this TCU basketball team. But just an amazing win, and I mean, you see the potential. Like I'm, I saw a lot of praise from them over the weekend. I think it was all warranted. I'm a little hesitant to project what they can do in March because you just don't see this on a game in and game out basis, but there's still time. I mean, we're only in, in late January here. So if they can get better, I think you saw what their ceiling was Saturday. You saw a team that's super athletic and get up and down the floor, score in transition, plays great defense. And if they're hitting shots, if they're hitting threes, if they're hitting jumpers, there's not a lot that you can do against them because they can beat you in a lot of different ways. So 
significant win. Um, first one ever at home field house. I mean, I can't say enough about it. It's just, it doesn't happen. Like teams don't go in there and win games. Um, and so it's, it's a big deal. They're able to get it done. And uh, yeah, super happy and, and proud of that group for going in there and getting the victory over Kansas on Saturday. They play Oklahoma tomorrow. When we come back, a five-star quarterback set to visit TCU this next weekend. We'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, speaking of recruiting, speaking of acquiring talent, it's LinkedIn, man. If you need to find people to fill a job opening, if you need to hire somebody, use LinkedIn. You can go to linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Why should you use LinkedIn? Well, I've said this before. I mean, everybody knows what it is, right? Everybody knows it's a place to go to find work. It's a place to go to connect with people in the professional world. So you're able to cast a wide net. And then you can narrow it down by using their simple screening questions, all the different things that they have to offer. This is what they do. They've got it down to a science. LinkedIn.com slash college. You can post your job for free. If you need to find people, this is the best way to do it. Don't make it complicated. Just use what LinkedIn provides for you. Locked On College, LinkedIn, proud sponsor of the Locked On Network, and we appreciate them. Got a new sponsor uh, coming tomorrow. We're going to talk about FanDuel, so that's exciting. Got some new wagering and betting possibilities through the great folks at FanDuel. Here on segment two, though, we're going to talk some recruiting. Um, so TCU football has a big opportunity this next weekend. According to Pete Thamel from ESPN, also uh, I think Steve Wiltfong from 247 had this. Jaden Rashada, uh, quarterback um, out of the state of California, five-star player. Uh, he's going to visit TCU over the weekend. And if you if you kind of casually follow recruiting – or you just are sort of locked into TCU and you're like, that name sounds familiar. Well, Jaden's had an interesting little recruitment. Um, he's from Pittsburgh, California. And Miami and Florida were the two teams that were heavily involved in recruiting him up through the early signing period. And he originally committed to Miami um, and signed a, a reportedly a pretty lucrative um, NIL deal or had agreed to a pretty lucrative NIL deal at Miami. Florida came in and offered him more money. Allegedly, it was up to $13 million. Now, there's, you know, disputing accounts of that, but that was the word, was was $13 million, which is a crazy amount of money for a high school QB. But, you know, it, that's kind of where we are in uh, the, the world they're recruiting right now. And, hey, if you can get it, good for you. I'm never going to blame a kid for going and getting what, you know, someone thinks their market value is. If somebody's going to offer it to you, sure, take it. Well, early signing day comes around, and there was some question on if Jaden was going to sign because apparently the money that was promised from Florida wasn't all there, and the boosters that had promised it were like, ah, we're not so sure about this. And now Jaden did eventually sign. Florida announced it. And then shortly after, there were rumblings that he was asked, going to ask out of his letter of intent, and he did. So he asked out of his letter of intent, and he is no longer signed to the Florida Gators. His recruitment is now wide open. Um, and amongst a lot of other schools that are interested in his services, TCU is. Um, apparently, he has a relationship with Kendall Bryles, who just came over from Arkansas, TCU's new offense coordinator. And he's going to visit this next weekend. 
So how excited should you be about this? Well, in my understanding of CCU and their, the way they've kind of handled the name, image, and likeness world so far is that they have used it more. They've used NIL money more for the purpose of retaining talent than acquiring talent. So keeping guys on the roster, trying to keep guys that have produced and have done, you know, good things for the university, good things for their respective teams on board. They haven't been throwing a lot of money out at high school players. And so when I hear a uh, high school QB that reportedly could have gotten up to $13 million from Florida is interested at TCU, I'm pretty skeptical that he'll end up here. I would say the chances are slim, but getting him on campus is significant. One thing that Sonny Dykes has done, and I, I think it's it's actually kind of made for some some more disappointment in some ways for fans, but Sonny Dykes and the staff have done a good job of getting players that I think typically would not give TCU the time of day for them to at least look at the frogs and say, hey, something's going on there. And yes, going 12-0 and in the regular season, making the Big 12 championship game, winning a college football playoff game, making the national championship game, even with the disappointment that happened there, that's a big factor in this. So you get Jaden on campus, and you try to sell him on what TCU's doing, what TCU's building. And I think the fact that he's going to visit is significant because it's not like he's visiting 25 other schools. This is one of the few that he's going to step on campus and see what's going on. And if you get somebody there, if you get somebody in the door, you know, bet on yourself. There's always a chance that they can look around and say, hey, maybe this is the place for me. But I would think if his if his people, which it seems like his dad has a huge influence on where he's going to go, and I would think a lot of that has to do with the money, if his people are still uh, making NIL a big priority, then I'm skeptical that TCU will have much of a chance here. But I think it is a big deal that he's at least looking at the Frogs. And, you know, I mean, he's a 2023 player, so it would be big to have him there, if for nothing else, just depth. Um but also kind of projecting forward into looking at future years. I've said that I think they'll uh, – TC will go after a quarterback in the portal probably in the spring or the summer um, because they missed out on a couple guys that they were chasing after, you know, in the – kind of in the early portal window. But if you land Jaden Rashada, I think you kind of recalculate where you're at. But – um, yeah, he's going to visit campus, and so we'll see if anything comes of it. But pretty big deal that he's even considering the Frogs. When we come back, there was a transfer that kind of came in under the radar for TCU football on Sunday. And so we'll talk about that next. Uh, this is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Okay, final segment here. Um, so there was a, a wide receiver from UCF that hit the portal last year. His name is Jalen Robinson. And TCU was uh, recruiting him, and he ended up at Ole Miss because apparently Ole Miss employs like the same scouts that TCU does. Seems like they're all they're just frequently in recruiting battles with Ole Miss. Of course, Zach Evans and Kyrie Coleman transferred there last offseason. The two schools end up, you know, kind of being really intertwined, which is funny. Um, but Robinson has had a very curious college career. He actually started at Oklahoma. In 2018, didn't play much there, had three receptions for 28 yards over a couple seasons, then went to UCF. 
and had a great season in 2020. 55 catches, 979 yards, six touchdowns. Ends up at Ole Miss. Was one of the top receivers in the portal, but only had five catches for 29 yards last year. No touchdowns. Wasn't really a factor in their offense. Well, it came down uh, on Sunday, uh, per Jeremy Clark from Hornfrog Blitz, that Robinson had made it on campus, and he was enrolling at CCU. and He was going to transfer here and be available for this season, his final year of eligibility. So, you know, adding another receiver is a big deal. Robinson's a really fast guy. That's that's sort of the book on him. Um, another player that can play on the outside. You just lost Quincy Brown, who hadn't done a lot at TCU up until this point, but was projected to potentially be a contributor this next season. Um, I'm not like jumping up and down about this. I never mind adding a player. And I think Robinson has a lot of potential, and this could be good for TCU. But didn't do much last season. So I would just say it's worth taking a flyer on him. Um, Interesting that he ended up here after they kind of flirted with it last year and it didn't happen. And more depth in that wide receiver room. A a lot of guys in the portal now. JoJo Earl, uh, Jack Besh. um, You add Jalen Robinson as well. Cordell Russell coming in as a high school player. A lot of good incoming talent in that receiver room that's already pretty deep and talented. So uh, excited to see how that plays out with Chandler Morris at quarterback this upcoming season. Tomorrow we will finish our five burning questions of the TCU football season. I was going to do it today, but just news kind of came up. And um, Anyway, went a different direction. Thank you for tuning in. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your 